Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. This is Pastor Jeremy. Christmas is an amazing time of year. It's also a tiring time of year. Christmas decorations just seem to brighten up the world and make everyone feel happier, though. Christmas trees, wreaths, lights, those blow-up snowmen and Santa Claus figurines, and my personal favorite Christmas decoration, the nativity. In my house, we have about six. It's amazing how many different versions of nativities that you can get or make. Our ladies made a really neat one this past week in an event they had. You can buy them made out of almost any material. You can buy cartoon ones, porcelain, metal, plastic, ethnic nativities. I noticed the other day that one of our nativities at home had a baby Jesus with a flaming sword. But I think one of my kids added that. There's also Star Wars, Legos, even dinosaur nativities. Hall of Fame football player nativities, military nativities, beachwear nativities where they're all wearing swimsuits and on the beach. You dream it up and somebody's made it. I saw one online that caught my attention. It had an extra figurine that I'd not seen in nativity before. It had a Mary and a Joseph and a baby Jesus and shepherds and wise men, even though they didn't come till a little bit later when he was a little bit older. It had the animals and the manger, but it also had a dove. At first, you might think that the dove just fits in as one of the animals, but I don't think so. When we read the Christmas story, we find an essential character that's often left out of the nativity. We don't represent him with any decorations. That dove represents the Holy Spirit. This Advent season leading up to Christmas, we've been in a sermon series on Jesus' family tree recorded in Matthew chapter 1. We read the genealogy of his earthly adopted father, Joseph, in Matthew 1, 1 through 17, and we learned that Jesus had kings and scandalous dirty secrets in his family history. Today, we continue with Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18 and learn a deeper truth about where he comes from and who he is. If his earthly ancestors and their stories are the ornaments on the, and the lights on his family tree, Today's truth is the star on the top of the tree. Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to divorce her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had given birth to a son, and, his, and he named him Jesus. Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus shares fewer details than the Christmas story we generally read from Luke but it really emphasizes one point of his story. Of all the great Christmas events of the story, the greatest is that God became a man to be with us. 
God chose the difficulties and the limitations of human life in this world because through his life, his suffering, and his resurrection, he made a way for us to be with him forever. Verse 18 says, she was found to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Then verse 20, the angel tells Joseph, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Verse 23 quotes the prophet Isaiah who declared, Look, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son. And then ver- and then the, in the same verse, the prophecy ends with the declaration that they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That is four times in five verses that the, the disciple Matthew wants to make sure that we know that the baby in Mary's womb is the Son of God come to be with us. Jesus is fully human in every way. He was born to a woman. At the same time, he doesn't have an earthly father. Instead, he is conceived by the Holy Spirit, and so his father is God. He is fully human in everything that it means to be human, and he is fully God in everything it means to be God. He truly is the bridge between God and man. Now, while this is the beginning of Jesus' earthly body, It's not the beginning of the Son of God. He was not created, nor does he have a beginning. The Son of God has always existed. He is alive and active before taking on a human body. The Son of God has always been. However, he was not human until his conception by the supernatural work of the Spirit. The Gospel of John begins, In the beginning was the Word. That's the Son of God. It's Jesus. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overtake it. Not only has the Son of God always existed, but he's actually the one who accomplished creation. Now, all the popular Christian creeds and confessions throughout Christian history state the Christmas truth. The Apostles' Creed, believed to be developed in between about the 3rd to the 5th centuries and probably the widest used creed in Christian history, says, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Nicene Creed, written about 325 A.D., states, I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages. The Westminster Confession, another widely used formulation of Christian doctrine, written in the 1600s, reads, The Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, being very and eternal God, of one substance and equal with the Father, did, when the fullness of time was come, take upon human nature, with all the essential properties and common infirmities thereof, yet without sin, being conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost in the womb of the Virgin Mary, of her substance, so the two whole. Perfect, distinct natures, the Godhood and the manhood, were inseparably joined together in one person without conversion, composition, or confusion. Which person is very God and very man, yet one Christ, the only mediator between God and man? These truths are essential For Jesus to be Jesus, to be God saves, because that's what his name means. Jesus means God saves. It's actually the same Hebrew name that we also pronounce Joshua. 
In verse 21, the angel said to Joseph, You are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus was born to accomplish the forgiveness of sin, to bridge the divide between us and God, to give us new life, and to show us the way of his kingdom. He became God with us so that we can be with him. His work to save is clearly put forward in 1 Peter 1. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you are healed. For you are go, have gone, were gone astray like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Before God could ultimately and finally destroy sin, he saved us from our own sins. Tim Keller writes, Evil is so deeply rooted in the human heart that if Christ had come in power to destroy it everywhere he found it, he would have had to destroy us too. Instead of coming as a general with the head of an army, he went in weakness to the cross in order to pay for our sins so that someday he will return to wipe out evil without having to judge us as well. He will be able to receive us to himself because he bore our judgment himself on Calvary. Jesus infiltrated the world to destroy evil from the inside, to rescue his people who were in bondage to sin. Well, I told Polaki was a Polish military officer who, was, who on, 19, on, on September the 19th, 1940, purposefully got himself arrested and placed in Nazi concentration camp. He had set up an elaborate system to sabotage the camp and get information, and eventually, after he had accomplished his mission, himself out, which he did. He suffered alongside those whom he who had been captive against their will, gave a great purpose to many prisoners who helped him, and provided a great deal of evidence used to prosecute the Nazis for war crimes. Jesus didn't just free us. He didn't just heal us, but he shares with us in our toils and our struggles and our difficulties. He became like us eh? to be able to stand beside us. The virgin birth and the holy conception of the whole, by the Holy Spirit are essential Christian doctrines. Without them, the whole thing comes tumbling down. We, we cannot miss the presence of the work of the Holy Spirit in the Christmas story. He gives life. He put the life of God into a fetus who grew up to save his people from their sins. He's also put the life of Christ in us when we repent of our sins and believe in Jesus. He breathes life into our sin-corrupted souls and enlivens us and empowers us and equips us to live lives of love and peace and joy. God became a man to be with you. Now, that's a awful lot of trouble to go through for us only to go to church once a week and to forget about him the rest maybe only once a year. I don't think that's what he was shooting for when he arrived in Bethlehem. Instead, he was wanting wise men who would travel across the known world to see him and shepherds who left their flock and their livelihood to be near him. And he wanted a man and wife who would risk their reputation to see his purpose fulfilled. Today, I urge you to be with God who came to be with you. Worship and love and serve the Almighty. He has revealed to us disciplines or practices that we can do to draw near to him each day. 
Read scripture and talk to him in prayer. Make sure you devote that time. Be active in church. Get together. Be part of small groups and the things that we do. Serve him by loving on people and sharing the good news of great joy with those around you. Follow him. Adopt his ways as your ways. Believe in who he is and what he has done. Love him and love others and share hope. Receive his presence by reminding yourself that God is with you. He came as a baby to be with you. He died on a cross to be with you, and he rose again from the dead to be with you. When you think I am too weak to deal with this, remember God is with you. When you don't know what to do, God is with you. When it just hurts too bad, God is with you. Receive his presence every day. So at Christmas, we gaze on the glory of Jesus Christ, the Emmanuel, God with us, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born to the Virgin Mary, the eternal Son of God, the Messiah of Israel, the Savior of the world. God has come to be with you, to redeem you, to adopt you, and to use you to make a good impact on this world. So today, will you be with him? He came to be your Savior. Will you be his worshiper and follower as a dependent child? Don't leave the truths of Christmas in the manger or put them away with all your Christmas decorations, but adorn your life with the truths and the ways of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening today. Once again, this is Stanford Christian Church, and I am Pastor Jeremy. Uh, as always, we want you to go to our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. You can learn more about us there. You can prepare for your first time coming to visit. Just so you know some things that are going on, maybe some things won't be quite so awkward and you'll know what's going on. And so you can find that under our first time tab. You can also click on give to support our ministry as well as clicking on contact us just to let us know you're listening and how we can pray for you. We gather every Sunday morning at 10.50 a.m. for our worship gathering. We do have Sunday school right before that at 9.45. One other good announcement that we are really looking forward to is starting on January the 10th. That's a Wednesday on that Wednesday night, we're going to start having children's activities at 6 p.m. So that's starting January the 10th at 6 p.m. Uh, we'll be having children's activities uh, at Stanford Christian Church, and we look forward to seeing you uh, with us sometime. Have a great week. Love God. Love others. And tell somebody about Jesus.